0: Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey. Uh, two small time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. And we welcome you to today's show. Well, welcome to our... What number, Jordy?
1: <laughs> number five. Number
0: five of our <laughs> podcast. Amazing <laughs> that we've got to this many. Yeah, we're really excited, uh, really keen for your feedback and to know what's going. Yeah, yeah. But you and I, Geordie, we just come back from a church council meeting. Yeah, uh, out in the bush. And one <laughs> of the things that we were talking about at church council was the whole concept of vision. Yeah, and how important it is. And this is. A 25, 30 person church. Mm. And we're seeing the importance of vision, particularly as we keep on coming back to the issue of energy Yeah. Uh, that we started out with, how important vision is to maintain your, um, your energy and how it focuses you as a congregation. So we're going to crack that baby open <laughs> uh, this morning. We're going to really uh, embrace what it means to to have a vision, to follow a vision, and what it should look like.
1: Yeah, yeah, vision is crucial. Uh, I think that sometimes it's easy in a church to say, well, we're a small church, probably don't have to worry about a vision statement. Some people might think, oh, vision statements are a bit tacky. And yeah, there are some really tacky vision statements. There's some
0: doozy. (laughs) Number one for me is knowing Jesus and making him known
1: oh yeah yeah. number
0: one is out there uh, just about it's right up there with we are a welcoming church it's (laughs) (laughs) it's high on the agenda but we've got to get past that and and so we were talking with this church about how we can how we can use a vision statement to really clarify what God wants to do within the community.
1: Yeah. And you're right. We keep circling back to energy. I think it's because in particular, the ministries that we're a part of are really struggling with this. But I don't think it's just us. I think that across the church, capital C church, energy is something that is overlooked. And we almost see people burning out and say, well, that's just... That's just how it works. Some people thrive in ministry. Some people burn out. And I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think anyone is destined to burn out. I just don't think they're being led well enough. And I think what vision, a vision statement does that comes off, of course, from a vision, mm. um, it just provides that kind of focus that you can put every idea that comes to the church, every concept, every decision through a funnel, which is the vision statement. Does it fit? And if it doesn't fit, well then we're not gonna do it. And these are the reasons why. Which is why setting up the vision statement is important. Because two things can happen with a vision statement. If you set one up and you don't think about it long enough, you put it to one side because nothing fits through the funnel. You just get an idea and say that's a great idea but oh it doesn't fit with this poxy vision that we kind of half made up. So you have to choose the decision or the vision statement. And a lot of the times people just push the vision statement to the side. They leave it on their web page, but they don't follow it out. Or what we can do is take some serious time to think, to pray, to seek what God is saying, what are we called to do as a church because when we make this decision, it will filter and color every decision we make into the future.
0: And it doesn't matter how big or small you are. Mm. Small, it's all about energy. Big, mm. it's all about energy as well. Mm. And so it's not that when you get bigger, you might have more energy, but you have more things on the go. Yeah. And so you've got to be careful that everything that you're doing is pointing in the one direction. Yeah. Uh, a long time ago, this is, you know, it's like... A, Uh, a a vision gets everyone rowing in the same sequence. And if you have people rowing out of sequence, all that happens is the boat goes in (laughs) circles. And and so you've got to have a a vision, whether you're small or whether you're large, to really try and uh, funnel down, as you said, and focus what it is. I found that sometimes, though, a lot of churches do all this work, but then they never reference it. They stick Mm. it in a drawer and, uh, and forget about it. Yeah, yeah. And you come back and come to this church 10 years later, you go, you have a vision? Oh yeah, we, we got <laughs> one up and they go to the drawer and they dust it off and they cobwebs everywhere and they go, yeah, it was something about Jesus and community. Faith, hope and love and uh, something. Faith, yeah. hope and love. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is the key to humanity or I don't know um, yeah. what it is. But <clears throat> if you're going to spend the time and the energy doing vision stuff, then it needs to focus what you do and so Mm. even last night i was at a different church council meeting seems to be my life and i said okay last couple of church council meetings we haven't touched on the vision statement at all Mm. so i'm going to bring you back as your leader and say as a church what are we doing in regards to this vision statement how are we out working it within the life of the congregation And, and so that started a whole conversation about how we connect with families because a family connection was huge on this vision statement. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and some things to spark forward mm. from it. But without that reference point,
1: it would be going, yeah, we're just sort of rolling along. Yeah. Everything's that, going okay. And that's so dangerous for a church, in particular for a small church because energy is is a premium. It, it is a, it's something that you have to really hold on to as something quite valuable. When you get bigger... It's not necessarily about being efficient with your energy, which I think is just is crucial for a small congregation. It's about being focused with your energy. Mm. Because if you have lots of energy, you can spend it in any way you please, but is it working towards what God has placed you in that situation to do? And when you're in a
0: larger church like, like Gawler is, we've got, what, about 120 people here. People come to me and go, Barry, I've got an idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should be doing this, or we should be doing that. Mm. And And so constantly I go, well does that fit in with mm. the focus of what we're trying to do here and mm. sometimes i gotta say you know what it's a lovely idea thank you mm. for dreaming thank you for uh, trying to hear the word of god but yeah. right now at this point in time it doesn't fit it doesn't fit it mm. might fit five ten years down the track mm. but right now it doesn't but yeah. thank you for listening yeah, yeah. thank you for you know having been passionate about mm. it but it doesn't quite fit at this point yeah. in time.
1: And how good is that language as well, though? Being able to say, I love it, but it doesn't fit with the vision Other than just saying no. Mm. It helps you as a leader. You're kind of handballing the no to what really the whole church has bought into. So no one is being the no person. You're not crushing people's dreams, but you're just pointing people in a certain direction and saying, this is where we're going. So it really helps you as a leader as well to say, I, I-, I love what you're doing, but it just doesn't quite fit. And it just allows you as a leader to lead better, to communicate in a healthy way where the church is supposed to be going and also there's there's room in here as well to really correct people as well you can use it as a bit of a culture setter as well so okay if for instance uh, Gawler's vision statement is is uh, become everything that God has created you to be yep. really beautiful tagline filled out with a document that explains it fantastically but what is good is sometimes you can just say to people hey I want to catch up with you because I really want to see both of us grow into what God's created us to be mm. you know I, I want to become more like Jesus you want to become more let's do it together and when someone's not you're able to use that language and use the vision to kind of correct them back in a really gentle way if need be I know for instance with some youth groups that I've been a part of you set that kind of culture and vision and when people fall outside of it, you, you say hey 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 in this place this is what we're about and what you're doing isn't that so change it or we're going to have to have another conversation. It's a, it's a correction as well as it is a focus. Yeah, and
0: a, and a good vision, what it will do is it will demand culture. Mm, mm. And um, and when I come into a place for the, for the first time and start to listen to what people are saying and listen to the Spirit and what the Spirit is saying and, and I start jotting down some thoughts about what God might be saying to a place. Mm. Um, I, I really look for um, hearing what people uh, are saying, mm. what, what's being communicated out of their mouth, but also what is the culture of the place and, mm. and what does this, uh, this word from God, how does it change the culture? Mm. Because I'm really beginning, you've heard me say this a million times, Geordie. every decision that people make have led them to where they are today mm, yeah. okay so no matter how big or small your church is all the decisions that the church has made has led them to where they are today and yeah. if that's a place of growth and f- flourishing that's good decisions yeah yeah and if it's in the other place then maybe not such a wise decisions and so um, and every decision we make from this point forward is going to lead us to where we are next. Yeah, it's good. And so the vision then really has to capture, okay, where is God calling us to be? Yeah. And that vision should demand a change in the culture because if it doesn't, then you're just making the same decisions and going in the same direction. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, really, a good vision, what it will do is it will correct the past, make changes for now, and point to the future. That's what a good vision does. It will acknowledge what has happened beforehand and saying we're not going to do that again it looks at what can we do right now today to apply vision to our lives and it also points that if we do this day after day after day that in the future will be a church that looks like this and that's really crucial because you know sitting in a council meeting a church council meeting you sit there and you can have five six different pitches of ideas You know, people coming and pitching their idea to you. And because it's their idea, they're bursting with passion. They're so excited about it. And as a leader, you can get very swamped with it. You can sit back and think, oh my gosh, if we actually do all these things, I'm going to need more holiday breaks, you know. This is going to be insane if we do this. And it's good to have the vision to say, well, that's your first point of reference. You know, does it fit with the vision? If it does consider it longer logistically. If it doesn't, it stops right there and it really just allows you to be more efficient with your thinking. Because I find as a leader, we, even when we're clocked on or really as pastors, you never clock off. But you know, you're always thinking about what's happening next, you're always working. And it's very easy to allow other people's ideas to more um, real estate within your headspace than they need to do. And a vision statement allows you to say, well, that vision, uh, that idea isn't necessarily going to work right now. I'm just going to stop thinking about it for a bit.
0: So what, what I do when it comes to vision, and I've done um, quite a few vision statements in different churches now, is the first thing I, I do is, I said, I, I, I look around and I listen. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you get a feel for what the Spirit of God is doing in the place. And so I look for what the Spirit's already doing. Mm. Because sometimes a vision statement is just clarifying what the spirit's already on about yeah. and and should take that into account. And, and two, I, I, um, I start to jot some things down and some thoughts down, and then I start to give it to people. Mm. And I let people speak into that uh, vision statement because... I know that I'm coming from a perspective and sure, I'm a holy man of God and <laughs> God speaks to me and visions and lights and, you know, not as well as he speaks to you, Geordie, but, <laughs> but pretty well. But I get it wrong mm. and, and I put my filter over what God tells yeah, me. Yeah. And so what it enables people to do is, is when you say, well, let, this is not a f- fixed document. I just want to give you a draft. Let's, let's talk it out, let's yeah. pray it through, let's, let's see what's happening. And there's a couple of things that happen when you do that. First of all, you correct your own inadequacies yeah. and you work through your own filters mm. and we all have them, we can't not have them. Mm. But two, you're actually inviting other people into the process. And so they add their prayers to your prayers mm. and they bring uh, their perspective that might bring clarity to yours. Because ultimately, if we believe a vision is from God, then God won't just speak it to one person. He will speak yeah, it to everyone. That's good. And so we've got to look for ways in which we invite other people into the process and not be afraid of that. Because sometimes yeah. as leaders, we can say, you know, God's given me a vision mm. and we can get really up But then we protect it like it's ours. Yeah, yeah. But it's not ours. It's God's. And so we've got to be, allow other people to come in and to speak into it, and it's critically important.
1: Yeah, the longevity, I think, of a vision statement and of a focus for a church comes down to the ownership that the church has over it. Mm. And I think there's, you can't get someone on board with you too early when it comes to planning a vision statement that, that's going to filter through your church. So, you know, you, you're entering into a new congregation for the first time, or maybe you've been a part of one forever and you just don't have one. Or the one you have needs some severe updating. It's about, like you said, recognizing that the Spirit's already working. Mm. It's already God's doing what he wants to do before you recognize it or not. And we've got to get a sense for that. And then as soon as you can, get someone else thinking about it. Even if it's just, hey, 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 Stephen, I really need uh, you to just start thinking about a vision. We need a new one. Do you you agree? And they say, yeah, I do. And then you just let them go and Mm. think and dream and and put it all together and meet back with them, be consistent with it and say, well, what did you come up with? I'm thinking this, what are you thinking? And you're seeing that iron is sharpening iron, your mistakes are getting filtered out, new things are being brought in because perspective is everything.
0: And and, and really there should be an opportunity for the whole people of God to speak into a vision because it's got to be owned by all of them mm. and and allow the tough questions to be asked you know what does this really mean yeah, because yeah. i can guarantee you that not everybody really knows the price of following god's vision yeah and and one of the things that you always find and a lot of research show on this Geordie, is that there will be the early adopters mm. who who will just jump on board there'll be the, the large middle section who will take a little bit of time but will finally get there and then there'll be the late adopters mm who um, will just take forever to get there and always want to go back to Egypt and how it was in the past. Yeah. And, and really, you've got to work through all of those groups mm-hmm. uh, in trying to encourage them to take up the vision of what it means.
1: And it's great to identify those groups as well. You know, uh, uh, even if a vision is from God, there's going to be late adopters. They're always going to be there. Mm. And they're going to be the ones not just speaking critique, but speaking negativity into the vision. They're the ones that kind of crush the dreams. You know, you've got people like myself who are a self-starter. You start something, your head's in the clouds, you're believing big. I see the late adopters are like anchors, just kind of holding you down a bit, which is sometimes good and everyone needs one in their lives, but sometimes not so much. But it's good to know that they're there that you can expect that, and that you've got to work through that. And that's where I think that, that's where ownership is really key. So once you start this journey, it's about getting more and more people on board. You're a part of a leadership team as, as a, a pastor or a leader. Get the conversation going. You know, It's not about coming to one meeting and saying, this is a vision statement that I've perfectly written. Here's five-page document, enjoy, and let's decide on it right now. It's saying five months before you even want to have it set up. I'm just, I'm feeling we need a vision. Mm. Next meeting, I think it might be this. Next meeting, I've spoken to these guys about it. They're thinking maybe more this. What do you think? Getting the whole team, whatever your team looks like, to start thinking about it. And then it's really crucial to take it to the whole congregation really and saying, this is what we as a leadership team think about this youth group, this Sunday service, this church. What do you think? Give us your feedback, give room for surveys, give room for critique and take it all on board because what will happen when people put their two cents in is they'll start to own a little bit of it as well and say, yeah, I I was a part of that journey. I wasn't just told what God is doing. I was told by God what God is doing and I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing more exciting than when you see someone who doesn't just believe that God can do anything, but is really sold out for the vision of the church and we'll just make decisions based on what the vision of the church is. I think that's crucial. We want more people like that in our churches.
0: And so to to impart vision is one of the most difficult things uh, that a leader has to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and why so many vision statements end up in the drawer with cobwebs and dust on them is because to make it a, a living document, you've got to put it before people. I think yeah. uh, Bill Hybel says that vision is like like a bucket with a hole in it, you know, it leaks. You just keep on filling it up and filling mm-hmm. it up. And I know for, I don't know, about six years, just about every week I stood up and used the tagline of the church and, and people were going, why are you still saying that? Is yeah. it because you haven't got it? Mm. You've got to remember it. Yeah. And now most people, whether they've been here a couple of years or or a, a lot longer, can tell you what the vision yeah. of the church is. Yeah, yeah, it's crucial. They can't necessarily always tell you, how they're going to outwork it, but they know that we're about mm. helping people become everything that God has created them to be. Yeah,
1: and like, like we discussed before in other episodes, that consistency, even though at times might be annoying, is necessary. You know, you, you did it for over a year. It was crazy. Every Sunday, we're becoming everything that God has created us to be. Every Sunday. Everyone knew you were going to say it. It was the start and it was the end of how you did your notices on a Sunday. And some people hated it and some people loved it. But either way, they knew it. They it knew was, it. It was like good advertising. It's everywhere. You just you just hear it, it gets catchy. We made we, we should have made it into a jingle. That'd should be have made it.
0: <laughs> If I had any musical ability, I could have put it into a jingle. That would have been fun. Um, that, you just imagine people going to bed, can't you? It's a in my head. jingle. It's in my, my head. That would be crazy. <coughs> But you do have to put it out there, but not only just light the tag, but it's about helping people see how, um, how the vision actually propels the church forward. Yeah. And that's the next step. I mean, you can repeat something all you like, you can say, we're all called to be ducks. Mm-hmm. And, and you can say that every week, but it's not going to help anyone become a duck. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to actually help put steps in, in, in yeah. motion and that's where it comes to leadership that's where it comes to focus you've got to put those steps in place and you've got to help people see that when they're putting out the chairs they're putting it out is fulfilling the vision when they're going and having a coffee with someone they're fulfilling the vision when they're Serving someone in in need, that they're fulfilling the vision, whatever that vision yeah. may be,
1: and you see people then bring new passion to very everyday kind of jobs and roles. I know for myself, I caught on fire for the vision we have at Gawler and because of that, I then knew setting up the sound desk so the band didn't have to do it, so they could practice longer, was my way of helping. That I can't play music to save myself but I knew I could turn on a soundboard and I could plug in all the leads before they got there so they had an extra hour to practice so they could lead people in worship better, which led people to have moments with Jesus. You see how it all just filters down and the passion that wasn't there came through understanding that every role that we play fulfills that vision. And that's so exciting. When you see someone starting to sweep the floor with a bit of joy in their heart, you realize they've got that vision in their heart. They understand that everything that they do has to link to the vision. Has to, And really for us, it's about seeing people come to faith and develop their faith.
0: So ultimately, we want to really challenge you as the listener, that uh, particularly if you're a leader of your church, mm. that uh, don't just sweep the whole vision thing under the carpet it is crucial to it whether you're a small church or a large and I've got a couple of churches that I look after who don't want to touch a vision statement and I think it's to their detriment mm. um, but we've got others that do mm. and you can see how it focuses them and even if you're a larger kind of church you're, you're 80, 90, maybe 100 It's you, you're just starting to get lots of people come and say this is what we want to do and so um, you've got to really guard your energy so you don't yeah use it unwisely. It's good stewardship yeah. to to guard that. So we're, we're hoping and praying that this has been um, a podcast where it's really encouraged you to, to not just not dust off the old one, but to go uh, back to the vision statement you have and saying, is it achieving what God wants it to achieve? Is it just a fancy tagline for the sake of a fancy tagline yeah. and do some work on it for the benefit of the kingdom of God. So that's our episode tonight, Geordie. Uh, and yeah. uh, look, we hope that it is. Please interact with us on our Facebook page. Ask us clarifying questions. Mm. Seek out how um, you might want to have an idea for an episode that you might want to hear us chat about <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if all possible. Uh, so go to Everyday Church on, on the Facebook page, podcast, and uh, you'll find us there. But uh, we're praying that uh, it will be, it's been helpful for you. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church Podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.